Hey guys, I'm here today with Antoine, a bunch header I met at, at one of my trips to the dispensary. And one of my friends who likes to be my manager actually um, told him about my podcast and that's how we connected. So thank you so much for taking the time to be here today. Of course. Hi guys. Hello. So when did your passion for cannabis begin and why? Um, my passion, I guess, started when I, uh, I first saw the plant. Um, like six years ago, I worked on a farm and, um, I had smoked weed, weed for years in high school, but, uh, never actually saw what the plant looked like. And pretty much after that, uh, I was hooked. I mean, it, it's an incredible looking plant, smelling plant. And then to know that it produces one of my favorite, uh, drugs on the planet. Um, yeah, it was pretty awesome. Nice. So what made you want to learn how to grow? Uh, I would say it was that first experience working on that farm, um, both just because I was looking for something to do with my life and make money doing, uh, but also to find out how much it helps people. Uh, and it's not a lot. Uh, there's not a lot of things out there that you can do both of those, um, you know, for your job. Uh, and so that was it. Nice. So you learned on the farm and then did you start growing on your own? I did. Yeah. So um, I, I studied with him a little bit. The, the, the guy I was, uh, I was uh, working for, I just started off as a trimmer. Um, but then he actually gave me some more, more responsibilities. It taught me about the nutrients and feeding the plants, uh, their light cycles, the difference between the genetics, um, both sativa, indica, and hybrid. Uh, but really, it was mostly just basic information. Um, it wasn't until I left that job, uh, came back to Massachusetts, and started my own grow operation in just my bedroom. And I was living with my parents, and I, uh, I had a little a little tent. Uh, and so, yeah, I was growing the, a couple of plants and and watching nonstop videos. I bought. Um, two fantastic books, the grow Bible. And, uh, I think the other one is, um, the breeders Bible and, and they're, they have uh, so much information on, uh, can the cannabis plant, uh, what's going on uh, with its genetics what's going on with its production, its growth, everything, um, that kind of drive that drove like most of my, uh, my knowledge when it comes to the cannabis. Yeah. Awesome. So, how did growing weed in your home impact you and the people around you, like your family? Um, I'll be honest. Uh, my mom came up and, and yelled at me a couple of times um, for smoking in my bedroom. And while I had been doing that occasionally, most of the times uh, it was just the smell of the plants. And she didn't know that they were in there because uh, maybe she didn't notice the the little black tent. Maybe she thought it was like a closet, but uh, my room always smelled like weed and uh, it was because of my plants. Um, but past that, it, it was really just for personal use. No one really kind of noticed until I finally came out and told my mom, I'm like, I unzipped it really slowly. And I said, this is what I've been doing uh, for the last six months. And uh, I, it was a, right before I got my job at, at uh, my first dispensary job. Uh, I showed her why I wanted to get into cannabis and what I was doing with it. Wow. So like, what was her reaction to that? Um, she knew that I was into cannabis for years, but um, <clears throat> the fact that I was growing it, I, I don't think she, you know, it definitely threw her off for sure. Mm -hmm. um, 
but you know, over the last few years, she's really warmed up to it. Uh, especially with how much I went into researching it. It wasn't like, I just was like, Oh, I like weed. It's really cool. No, I spent a lot of time actually trying to teach her about it uh, because she has a lot of things that, that she deals with that, you know, she either took prescription medicines for sleeping um, and several other things and, and cannabis replaced a lot of those for her after, you know, I really kind of broke it down. Yeah. Like I literally, same thing with me. Like my parents were like super against it. Cause they didn't know, you know, no one really knows much about it until they're educated. So yeah. I did a bunch of research and over the years, me just like telling them like what I've learned, they're like, Oh my God, this plant is actually like doing a lot. And yeah. then eventually they will warm up to it. Hopefully if they're open-minded, but it's a very good thing. Like education is the best way to get people to hopefully change their minds. And the there's not a, the, the, I, I will understand. I mean, I, I understand that there's just some people who will never uh, let it into their lives and, and they don't even want to learn about it. And it's unfortunate. And, um, you know, but people have that's the thing about it is like it's, it's really a freedom thing. Um, if you want to take that chance and, and, and see if cannabis can do some good in your life, uh, I implore people to do it. And then I, I really think that education, especially when it comes to cannabis, is important for those people who want to use it medically, uh, but even recreationally. I mean, uh, there's some ba- like just some basic information on like, for example, terpenes. Uh, everybody's really obsessed with THC. Um, the second, this little fad about CBD, CBD is phenomenal, but people don't look at it for what it is and really more for what it's kind of marketed out to be. Um, and then those are only really 50% of, of what cannabis actually brings to the table. And and once people really get a grasp on what terpenes are, um, and uh, it's just going to change the game. Yeah. I've heard the, like, I recently learned that the whole THC dilemma thing, about how uh, the higher percentage doesn't actually mean it's gonna get you like that messed up. It doesn't like show the potency of the flower and like how 15% THC can still get you like way up there, but because of the quality of the product and people like totally don't look at it. And that's why the prices are lower, but like you could just save your money and go for it. You really could. yeah. Yeah. Uh, I do think that a lot of people should learn to grow, to be honest. Um, And, you know, it's like you were saying with that THC, THC things, people really, they, they focus so much on the THC. They don't realize like, it's not the THC that's creating that, that heavy sleeping effect or, you know, that bright, you know, clear minded, energetic effect. It's the, the THC just piggybacks. It drives the terpenes. The terpenes provide that effect. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, people who are, who I get complaints all the time from customers, like, listen, I'm, I'm buying 25 or 25, 28, 30% THC. And I'm having trouble staying high. Like, should I go up the next, uh, to the next level? Should I get vapes? Should I get concentrates? And I'm like, you know, you're kind of just creating an even worse problem. Uh, and it's just stemming from lack of understanding of what you're even smoking in the first place. If you're only picking the highest THC thing on the menu, you're not picking the thing that's right for your body. And it's really important for people to understand that because cannabis is very subjective. We are all made very differently. Uh, we process things very differently and we're affected by things differently. And so when someone smokes a sativa, there's some people who get very anxious off of it. Uh, it's, they think, oh, all sativas 
make me anxious. And it's just not true. It's actually certain terpene profiles that create an anxious uh, effect. And it's not even on everybody. It's just on certain people who are more susceptible to it uh, than others. Do you know, like off the top of your head, what terpenes can make people anxious or like the combination? Um, Not, not off the top of my head for combinations, but I do know some general ones. I know that uh, limonene can, can uh, actually create a little bit, a little bit of anxiety. Mercenine um, can actually create a little bit of anxiety for some people. Um, it's different for everybody. Um, I seem to be more affected by mercenine uh, than I am with uh, terpenes like lemonine. And then you have uh, like beta caryophyllene, which actually reduces anxiety. Um, and I actually push that onto, onto brand new cannabis users, anything to kind of keep people from uh, being overwhelmed by uh, whatever they're smoking uh, for their first time. Um, But there's still a lot of studies out there that are, you know, working their way through it. We don't have a full grasp on how cannabis does work with everybody, but um, we're going to get there. Yeah, for sure. And I think people who are interested in like figuring out what's best for them should really research the terpenes because they all have their own like health benefits or whatnot each one can do different things for you. And like piney, for example, when I first started researching cannabis, I found out that like piney is like a bronchodilator or so it can actually help people with asthma. And I was yeah. like, what? I was like, no yeah. way. Cause I have asthma. And I was like, I had no idea that smoking something could help it. And I never tested it out. Right. I just read a bunch of stuff on it. And then, um, during last semester, I got super sick, wasn't COVID, thank God, but I got my booster shot when I was like kind of sick, like had some cold symptoms, worst idea, I don't know. I just like had to get it because my school provided it. And I was mad sick, could not stop coughing, literally like every five seconds. It was, you know, that annoying cough that will never go away. It's like an itch in the back of your throat. Yes, I tried every medicine, I did everything I possibly could. And then I was like, wait a minute, I have XJ13, the strain, like in my PAX pod. And I remember that it's high in pinene. And I was like, pinene equals bronchodilator. And I was like, wait, do I risk it? And so I just said, you know what? One hit won't hurt. So I took one hit and I was, yep. and I was fine. I was like, okay. And I took two hits, literally took three hits. My cough disappeared, like That's completely disappeared. And the whole rest of the day, like, I slept peacefully that night and I was like in complete shock. Like how could vaping this take away my cough? Like you would never think that'd be correlated, but I'm not saying maybe it's probably different for everyone. And who knows? Not saying that everyone's cough is going to go away with it, but you never know until you try. So I'm glad. Right. That's so true. And honestly, so both my mom and my sister actually have asthma. Uh, and they actually both smoke weed now and they, you know, they couldn't be in the same room with someone who's smoking a cigarette, but there's just something about the cannabis plant that doesn't, um, doesn't have that, that, that really harsh effect on their lungs that, that, uh, other smokes can do. And granted, they probably shouldn't be smoking weed. They probably should be maybe going into more vape based products. Um, but still just knowing that that's an option for some people, um, it's awesome. Yeah. yeah. And I'm like excited to see what else is out there that I don't know about. There's so much we still don't know about. I feel like it's, it's endless. 
It's endless. It you really you can't yeah. know everything. <laughs> I, I've, I've made the statement. It's definitely way too broad for me to say, but um, I really do think that cannabis in, in every possible form that we can make it, I'm talking edibles, topicals, things to smoke, things to vape and more um, in the combinations of their terpenes and tea and cannabinoids we could replace so many different uh prescription medications that are actually really harmful for the human mm -hmm. body and and our brains too uh and we could probably work on some addictive uh properties that they have that you know cannabis just does not have uh in the same uh magnitude wait yeah for sure like i'm bringing up my own example like I was addicted to nicotine for a long time and um, I like smoked here and there, but like, I never really liked it that much. Um, but once I, once I was ready to like full on quit this, you know, um, that's when I, it was like the beginning of quarantine and I was already very into cannabis, you know, and I was like, you know what, the only way that's going to make me, you know, quit this is to like, switch the behavior like give me something else that's like that so Absolutely. i tried cbd vaping cbd and it literally took that urge away from me one that bit uh, oral fixation urge it was not addictive you're not going to get addicted to smoking cbd um and it actually relaxes you that's the thing with nicotine it tricks your brain that you're getting relaxed or you're like relieving your anxiety Yep. from hitting it when it does the opposite it's like triggering your brain like when am i going to get it next when am i going to get it like yep. you're always to on edge tobacco all i mean nicotine all it does is make you want more nicotine it does yeah. not solve the problem and that's awesome that you say that about cbd that it got rid of the oral fixation because really things like oral fixations or biting your nails or playing and pulling at your hair whatever little things that people do when they're anxious well, CBD is reducing that anxiety. CBD, CBD is clearing their mind, helping them sort through their thoughts more effectively. Um, and then those physical actions that we do kind of just disappear because we, we feel less anxious. And yeah. people, um, it, it's not easy because a lot of things like that, especially anxiety, are, are things that are based in our, in our subconscious, things that we can't really, you know, like you can, you can, you know, when you're anxious and you could try to tell yourself, I don't want to be anxious, but that doesn't change anything. Whatever it is in the back of your head um, that's creating it is causing that. And it's trying to find how to, how to get back there and um, solve that problem and then come back and say, okay, well, this worked. Yeah. And not even vaping CBD, CBD oil, like a big thing with nicotine withdrawal is like your stomach like cramps up because it feels like, I don't know, for me, it feels like you're not getting enough oxygen. And I'm like, you know, like I didn't yep. know how to deal with that. And I started taking, taking deep breaths. Yeah. I started taking CBD oil and I noticed like the muscles in my stomach, like loosen. And I was like, I felt like I could take a breath. And I was like, yo, this stuff really works. Like, And not only yeah. that, smoking weed on top of that, made me feel like I didn't need it anymore. Like I was completely distracted from wanting it. Like it made me feel like mm -hmm. full in a way. And I was like, I can do this. And like, again, weed is not as addictive as nicotine. It can be addictive. Absolutely. You just have to be careful with, you know, uh, using it 
correctly and when you needed to, but damn, it literally saved me from that terrible addiction that I had. And people don't, they think I'm like this crazy, weird, obsessed girl with cannabis. I'm like, you don't understand what it has done for me. Like I was literally crying because I couldn't quit this drug. Like, yep. and weed actually benefits me like mentally and like, it has completely changed my life. So I cannot stop. <laughs> I, um, I'm on the same page. I think it's really interesting that you use like, you know, cannabis can be really addictive, but here's the thing, you know, things like food can be addictive for some yes. people, but yeah. we still need to eat. Right. Uh-huh. So the, we need to properly uh, consume things that uh, it's going to medicate us the way we need to Overconsumption mm-hmm. is a huge problem, whether it be smoking, drinking, eating, it's, those are the things that end up killing us at the end of the day, you know, shorten our lives by a significant amount um but if you use it the right way and that cannabis is one of the key things that we should have in our lives um it should not be legal the way it is not even just in america but the whole freaking world yeah um it would just it really would change the global mindset of human beings and how they feel about themselves and each other Mm -hmm. um you know and, and anxiety i cannabis one other than like you know, my family, cannabis helped me so much with my personal anxiety. Um, I used to describe it as having an intense weight on my chest, like, like 2000 pounds, just pressing down and no way to get it off. Can't breathe properly. Even when I took the deepest breaths, um, and even CBD, like it helped a significant amount, but it wasn't until I used CBD and THC in tandem um, during the right days and the right times where I, I don't experience that kind of anxiety that I used to experience. I used to have it on a daily basis. Now, honestly, it's been, it's been almost a year or more um, since wow. I've even experienced an, a single episode uh, of anxiety. And, and that's just, it's, that's all it is, you know? That's amazing. Medicating I'm very yourself. happy for you. Yeah. And I remember you telling me that when you grew or are still doing this don't really know but you said you've made uh iced teas or tinctures for your mom yeah um so back when i was first you know really getting into cannabis and researching all the properties um and uh and growing and then you know in turn taking what i grew and turning it into product whether it be something i was smoking i made several edibles um i've made tincture I've made candy. Um, candy's really difficult to make, so not worth doing. Um, but liquids like tincture and, and, uh, and drinks. And I, uh, my mom used to tell me all the time about her uh, restless leg syndrome. And it's, it's, really, it's a really bad thing. I've actually had several uh, customers come in and tell me the exact same thing, that they have this, um, this chronic, I don't know if it's a, what you would call it, a disease or, uh, but basically it's like, never being able to go to sleep. It's like insomnia, but your legs get intense spasms. Um, And it's like being tased. It can be sort of painful, but not necessarily painful, more irritating. Um, And it it just, it's like someone constantly poking you every time you're just about to fall asleep. Um, Yeah. And she would take a prescription medicine to deal with it so she could sleep. And again, it's a, this is a prescription medicine her doctor prescribed to her. Um, 
to solve this problem that her body has. And um, the problem with this prescription medicine, though, it had a really bad negative side effect. It gave her night terrors. She was able to sleep now, but she was tormented while she was sleeping and she would wake up uh, feeling horrible the next day because her brain chemicals were just creating these horrible, horrible um, dreams, basically. Um, And so it wasn't until I, you know, kind of introduced her to uh, edibles, uh, basically, you know, uh, first in the tincture form, um, I started off on CBD because she really didn't smoke that much, uh, at first. And then I showed her THC, uh, and I made a few edibles and she started telling me how she used to, she would use them, you know, right before bed and they were helping her a lot. Um, and eventually I started growing strains that were specific for, um, you know, indica based strains that would help her with the, with her body, but also help her with the sleep, uh, aspect that she was dealing with. She has not had uh, an issue with her restless leg for a very long time. And she stopped using those prescription medicines. She strictly uses cannabis now before sleep and she does not get those night terrors. She wakes up feeling fine the next day. And, um, I think while that is, you know, it's a personal story. Um, I think everyone's got somebody out there or themselves who has to deal with something like this. Yes. Uh, and cannabis was the answer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My friend literally, he told, I've never heard of like night terrors until my friend told me he has them. And he said the only way he doesn't have them is if he smokes before bed. Mm-hmm. I'm like, that is crazy. Like, uh. cannabis reduces your dreams, actually, believe it or not, you dream less. Um, when you have cannabis going through your bloodstream. Mm -hmm. And then I heard like when you, uh, when you're smoking a lot before bed and then you stop and then you have some crazy dreams, (laughs) like I can attest to that for sure. Because I honestly, I don't dream that often, but occasionally if I take a short tea break and I, I I will notice, I'm like, Whoa, I keep waking up and remembering a little bit of like my dreams. I must be dreaming all of a sudden, uh, but they get more and more intense. Um, I've even like noticed that I was dreaming in my dream. Oh my uh, God. During some of these times. Yeah. Yeah. Like lucid dreaming or something. Basically, but not yeah. like I would, I'd realize I was dreaming and then I would wake up shortly after um. before I could really do anything as fun as lucid dreaming and walking around and doing whatever <laughs> I wanted. I would definitely want to, would love to learn how to do that. Awesome. So like, when did you decide to work at a dispensary? Um, I think it was, um, it was after I, I left that job up in Maine, uh, growing when I came back down here, I, I was like the next job I want to get. Uh, I was working already. Um, I had, uh, I'd gotten a job at like, I think Starbucks or, um, I, there was another job I was working on, uh, on the Charles river, uh, renting out canoes and kayaks and it was great money and whatnot, but I wanted to do something that I was passionate about and I was growing at the time. And I realized, you know what? I want to go into the cannabis industry and it was only medical at the time. Uh, mm-hmm. and I had a ton of cannabis knowledge from growing and from researching how to grow and not just the growing aspect, but then researching the plant and, smoking it and and learning how to make those products everything every step of my journey taught me a a integral part of this of this a miracle plant basically um 
you know, it wasn't like I could just get into it from smoking. It was from seed to smoke. Every single part of that plant uh, made a big difference. And, um, you know, I, I, I went to garden remedies and, and gave them my, uh, my resume and my knowledge and they immediately hired me. I mean, my first phone call, they said, wow, uh, can you come in next week? Uh, and it, it was a, it was an awesome experience to study something that I love and then to be recognized for that. Um, yes. you know, feels amazing. It does. For sure. So what do you think is like the basic knowledge that people need, like that want to become bud tenders? Basic knowledge. I don't expect everyone to, you know, going to go into cannabis with the background that I had. Um, and so if you smoke, maybe take some research into what you're smoking, uh, learn key names, uh, understand the difference between indicas and sativas and hybrids. And while I know that's a dumbed down version uh, of what cannabis actually is, it's just a great way to articulate it to people who are brand new and there's still so many brand new people to it. So yeah, learn your, uh, learn your strains, learn your, your, your basic cannabinoids, THC, CBD, CBN, um, THCV, the ones that you'll find most articles being written about, you know, if you Google them, even a YouTube video will teach you so much in 15 minutes. Um, really, those are the two main things. Uh, and I guess if you're working at a dispensary, you are selling weed. So maybe have some retail in your background. Um, yeah, and you'll, you'll do great. So do dispensaries teach you any of the knowledge or are you expected to come in with it all? I think that they are more likely to hire you if you have some sort of basic knowledge. There is, now I can't speak for all dispensaries, but I, uh, I realized pretty quickly that I was ahead because of what I knew already um, than what I, you know, than the, the people I work with who were coming in fresh and I was, and I ended up teaching the, the people I was working with, the people I got hired with, um, you know, certain things. Uh, so there's not really any formal training on cannabis. It is kind of expected for you to, to do some research on your own, for sure. Well, that really needs to be changed <laughs> with how this, you know, um, industry is growing. There's going to be a lot right. of demand for more educated bud tenders, I feel like. Because I, I, there's so much, like, so many different opinions on everything to do with cannabis. You know, one yeah. second they're saying, you know, indica sativa, the other one, there's no such thing as indica sativa, there's like, you know, there's so much info and it's like, which one do I absorb? Yeah, and it, it is, it is really complicated. I can say that when you're talking about anything related to cannabis, you can't ever say anything with 100% certainty, maybe closer to 70% because while I think it's because it's subjective, we have to experience it. And then when we experience it and talk to other people who have, we can agree on those experiences, but we can't say that every other person on the planet will experience the same thing. And that's, that's where that, you know, that does come in. And um, I do agree. I would love it if there was a standardized way to teach, uh, you know, employees about, you know, very important parts of cannabis. And I know they do have, you know, things like there's classes that are coming out uh, in our state, Massachusetts. And I know, um, you know, they do have like tr certain trainings that they do, like um, they have a vendor training that, that does some basic information, but uh, there's nothing that's just purely 
completely based on um, the, the, the cannabinoids and the terpenes um, so that people know how to explain it to the customers or to the medical patients or, or whatever state you're living in. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think, so I found the Tricom Institute and do you know Max Montrose? He's like no. the guy who basically like came up with cannabis, some of the A stuff, like how to inter, interpret, inter, interpreting, like <laughs> evaluating cannabis flower and all that stuff. And they teach about mm -hmm. um, trichomes, terpenes, all that stuff, like what is good, but was not. And I, I took that course and I learned a good amount from it, but you know, like who's going to be willing to pay for that? Like you got to be like really like into it. And I doubt yeah. like these dispensaries are going to spend that money, you know, training their employees. So no, um, my dream job, not my dream job, but one of my dream jobs is to, uh, is to do some sort of um, educational courses for people who want to get uh, not not even just get into the cannabis industry, but just use cannabis. Uh, I would love to teach people to know so that they, they can do it themselves. They don't need to rely on me. They don't need to rely on a bud tender. Mm -hmm. They walk in and know, they know exactly what to get because not only did they experiment and try, but they also understand what's going on with that plant in their body when they're using it. Um, and so having some sort of, you know, course that that's, that's what people like you and uh, myself are supposed to be doing because it's really not going to be the corporations that are yeah. selling the cannabis. Um, they care more about making the money as opposed to educating the public. Um, yeah. it, and in their mind, it's our responsibility as employees uh, to do that education. And so um, some people can do the easy way and just try to go as basic as possible, or you can try to really dig into it and, um, just blow everyone's mind and show them exactly what this plant can do. Yeah. That's our job. You got to do it. Yeah. Someone's got to do it. <laughs> Someone's got to do it. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So what have you picked up? Like what are the common myths that a lot of customers believe in? <sighs> common myths. Um, well, I guess you could say indica sativa and, and hybrid is a myth. Um, and there's a lot of reasons why, uh, and I think, you know, I did cover a little bit on this on like the terpene profiles determine the effect and, um, you know, indica sativa and hybrid are just blanket or, or uh, umbrella terms to use for uh, these effects that they're experiencing. Um, but they're they may not necessarily, especially when you get to the hybrids, they may not necessarily be the same with everybody. And I've met uh, so many people in the last four years that have experienced very energetic effects from indica strains, strains that are supposed to be tiring and relaxing. In fact, keep them wired and awake. And then those same people tell me that when they smoke a sativa, they knock right out. And, you know, it's uh, one thing when you hear it just maybe once or twice, but I've heard it so many times at this point that to really understand cannabis, you have to go out and, and, uh, and use it so you know how it works on your body because it is very subjective. Mm -hmm. um, so that's definitely the first one I would say. Um, myths, I don't know. It's hard to really go into what's a myth and what's not because we're researching so much still. Um, you know, almost everything's kind of a myth, really, until we, uh -huh. we have some straightforward information on uh, 
on what it's doing. Yeah. And definitely going off on you saying how like, you know, it affects, you have to know how it works on your body. Um, coming from experience, it took me so long to even like smoking. Can you believe that? Like, I didn't even like it that much in the beginning. Like I would get paranoid and anxious and I would just be like, yep. but for some reason, into like a, a little voice in my head was like, you need to like this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I didn't know why. It was just like, I kept experimenting. I kept trying. And eventually I got to this place where I can, anytime I ingest it, I know I will have a good experience because mm-hmm. now it's settled. It's one with me. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. It, but people don't get you that. Trust they, it. Yes, you, you trust it. Yes, you gotta believe that you're gonna have a good experience with it. Um, it's it's a big mindset thing too, and like your setting and your environment, all that. Yeah, if but, you're worried, if you're worried, your brain is gonna tell you that you're freaked out, and if you're you're feeling that way, you're gonna get anxious. Oh yeah. And all the THC is gonna do is make you more in your head. Um, yeah, it, it's, it's really kind of letting it do its thing. It's literally like given me an anxiety attack before. And like, I've never had that kind of anxiety attack um, because I got caught with <laughs> when I was in the park. Like I was in high school. My brother caught me. And I was like, no, my life yep. is over. And then, um, you know, my parents were super pissed. But it let, I kept just like, I wouldn't even do it all the time when my friends offered it to me. Like, I, because I was like, I'm going to get paranoid or I'm going to get anxious. So, Literally, if you want to get into cannabis, want to experiment what works best for you, I suggest doing it at home and doing mm-hmm. it in the comfort of your home. No one to bother you, hopefully, or <laughs> someone yeah. will bother you. And just and start chill. low and slow. Yeah, just chill and don't go out. Like you don't need to go outside and like get paranoid or whatever. You only when you're like one with the plant, one with the feeling. You should do other stuff. But if yeah. you take the time and experiment you'll be golden. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, you, Your body will learn. Your mind will learn exactly uh-huh. how you feel. And then you can adjust and you can out, go out and do things. Uh, you know, I know for, for example, like, so I didn't start smoking until the end of high school, really. Um, and I, I used to smoke after that, I, you know, if I went to a party, I would always over smoke while I was drinking or whatnot. But I was always anxious. And that anxiety always drove me to smoke more, um, you know, and, and really that just ended up being like a really horrible cycle. So I learned that when I'm in very public places, THC creates uh, a more anxious uh, mind space. So what did I do? I stopped smoking when I was surrounded by too many people. Um, and I started just smoking on my own. Uh, and after doing that long enough, I got comfortable with cannabis where I can basically smoke it where I, you know, when and how I please, but I, at least I know how cannabis interacts with me in all these different sort of settings. Uh, yeah. and just to know when it's going to benefit me and then when it's not going to do that. Um, and you know, like kind of how you were saying with smoking kind of made you anxious. It's like, I still have an issue with edibles. Um, you know, I, I, take them occasionally and I do understand their you know the use for them and I don't hate edibles by any means but as a personal thing and the way they affect me at a certain milligram level I get extremely paranoid and I I can smoke non-stop 
for hours straight and never get like this. But with it, with edibles above 20 milligrams, I start to freak the heck out. Mm. Um, it's, it's not fun. Um, and you got to know that and you have to not blame the plant and don't even blame yourself. Just understand it and try to work uh, maybe on a different avenue, maybe with a different cannabis uh, strain or product. Yes. And like edibles can have such a different effect on you than smoking. And there's people I know who only tried edibles and they're like, oh my God, I hate cannabis. It makes me so angry. I'm like, bro, like, yep. you so need to many try people. <laughs> there's so many different ways of taking it. Like it could be a complete different experience for you. And it, again, it's your setting and all that. And going off the, the whole drinking thing, not a good idea to mix those. Like, I mean, I believe that if you drink a little bit and then smoke a little bit, good. But if you're, if you drink a lot and then smoke, always disaster i've witnessed it so many times always. i've been through it you will green out <laughs> mm -hmm. Don't do it. that's so, an undeniable fact yeah absolutely it's it's so bad it is but at mm -hmm. least with greening out it will go away in like an hour or two and you'll be fine you might be high for a while yeah. after that but maybe take a shower you yeah. know try to <laughs> yeah you will but, it just, uh, you get i completely really, understand really dizzy. Like so dizzy, it's the so spins. bad. And the spins, yeah. it's exactly. terrible. Um, but just know you you just have to remind yourself you're gonna be okay. And that's like you because that's the great thing about cannabis. Like you're not gonna overdose, you're gonna throw up a bit, maybe, and then you'll be fine. But yeah. you know, I don't think it, people should get scared off by those experiences. It's I, every yeah. single stoner yeah. has been through that every single one. <laughs> and and honestly those experience those experiences they they show us to be more responsible uh yes. consumers because uh now i know you know don't ever take an edible that's higher than 20 milligrams dude you're gonna freak out yeah uh try not to drink and smoke too often together and if you're gonna you know do them in the same day separate when you're gonna smoke and when you're gonna drink um and I think everybody, yeah, everybody should absolutely learn that. Yeah, that, that was a great talk about cannabis. Now we can switch it over a little bit to uh, psilocybin because yeah. you told me you have had experience with the mushrooms. Absolutely. How did you get into it? <sighs> well, uh, I've never been like when I was younger, I was never really that interested in drugs. You know, cannabis was like the first and it was kind of the main and only one I was using for a while. Uh, but I was introduced to psilocybin actually before I was introduced to mushrooms. And um, psilocybin is that uh, is that uh, psychedelic component that the mushroom, you know, produces and uh, creates the trip effect that you get. Mm -hmm. uh, now, I'm not a you know, my knowledge on psilocybin and mushrooms is nowhere near my cannabis knowledge, but I do have some decent um, experiences that I can sort of relay to people. Um, I do think it is an amazing drug and it's, it's even more unknown than cannabis is. And I can't wait to see what research does come out. And I know that people are decriminalizing it because they're starting to realize, you know, plants might actually have something to offer, you know? Mm. Yes. Um, I am. I'm side note off that I'm literally part of a group called Baysaders. Anyone who is listening to this from Massachusetts, pay attention. <laughs> uh, 
So there's a group called Baysaders. We are working towards um, decriminalizing, sorry, ending the war on drugs. I know that's a big feat, but we are starting with um, decriminalizing psilocybin in cities around. And they've already decriminalized four cities. So I can't even name them right now. It's like, <laughs> but they're thinking we're going to decriminalize Boston either this year or next year. And we yeah. meet up on Thursdays and we actually do work. Like we call like Congress members, we email them and we are, it actually works. So if that is something you are interested in, do check uh, my Instagram. I have uh, posts about them and you can go follow them we're trying to build this big army to you know make some change so yes that was my little yeah add in again someone, someone's got to do it right someone's got to do it yeah the bigger uh, the army the better yeah and um again with mushrooms my experiences with them were uh were amazing and and uh i think the main things that i dealt with growing up um the things that were kind of keeping me back from doing uh, really important things in my life or just maintaining my mental health and my physical health, you know, was my anxiety and my depression. And, you know, while cannabis helped me maintain uh, a sort of healthier mindset, mushrooms did something a little bit more long-term. Um, you know, they, it all, it, the best way to describe it was like, it felt like it reset my brain. Um, you know, I went, in, I could go into it feeling one way and come out of it feeling absolutely refreshed and refreshed for months, as yeah. opposed to just being high and dealing with it. And then, you know, sobering up and getting high again after, um, and, um, and it wasn't just, you know, the importance of, uh, the trips that I had, cause that, that's not something really, you know, we can all really share because everyone's trip experiences are going to be different. Um, the intensity of those trips are going to be different. Those were really important for me on a, on a um, <sighs> philosophical level, um, just on, on so many levels. But, but then to, uh, to learn how effective microdosing is, um, I do think that that should be the standard um, if we ever do bring mushrooms into uh, uh, the medical community is really showing people the microdose and what it can do. And, and it, this is a, a dose that should not make you uh, inebriated or, or out, you know, out of your mind or anything but like that. You won't see things. Um, it, you might, you might notice it a little bit. There's a little bit of perspiration that you'll, you'll experience. I yawn a lot uh, in my eyes water, um, even on the smallest dose of mushrooms. Um, but what it did for my anxiety and again, for my depression, um, I can't, I can't speak highly enough of it. Uh, and I've never been on a prescription medicine. It was something I decided way early on when my mom asked me, like, you know, I had ADHD, I have OCD, I have all this stuff. And she's like, do you want to try taking something for it? And I, and I just said, no, I said, I don't want to take pills. I don't want to be that person. I'm just going to deal with it. Uh, and dealing with it did, was not maybe the best decision. Um, it was difficult, but once I was introduced to cannabis and then mushrooms, um, I feel a lot more confident in that decision and not taking a prescription medicine and kind of learning about my brain and my body. Uh, yeah. And then yeah. using a plant to fix it. Yeah. I've, I heard that SSRIs can actually like stop you from like really feeling the serotonin of psilocybin, which is like kind of sad. Like I heard that if you've been taking it for a really long time, it can like 
I was it your like pineal gland it can like shut it off or something you can't feel mm. the real serotonin and the serotonin from psilocybin is absolutely insane like yep. I've never felt so happy for no reason like <laughs> like yeah smiling you're like they're what? so euphoric they're so, so euphoric. euphoric and yep I like to seeing how it impacts me I can't even imagine how it could impact someone who's you know has depression or you know, more severe anxiety or any of that stuff. Like this is like a reset. It's like a detox. You get to really see everything from an outside perspective. And I, it just like makes you feel like everything is so simple, you yeah. know? And I think that's beautiful because our brains are always like thinking so hard all the time. And you're always, there's always this little voice in your head. like, oh, you can't do this or oh, whatever. Mm -hmm. It's always bringing you down but psilocybin is, it opens your brain and you realize what's actually important in life and you know maybe you can even increase your confidence so absolutely i believe it's an amazing plant and there's so much everyone when they hear mushrooms they're like oh my god that's so like that's such a druggy thing like you know whatever i'm like you don't understand because you haven't taken them like <laughs> also how many mushroom addicts do you know yeah I literally <laughs> It's not something that makes people need to take more. Um, while I, it can be fun, it exhausts you. It does. It really does. It does yeah. not make you want to keep taking it. Um, yeah. It makes you want to, once you've taken it, it makes you want to wait a little bit. It yeah. wants you to kind of absorb everything that you just learned um, mm -hmm. or you don't even realize that you just learned because it, it, it works on such deep levels. Um, like you're saying, you know, increases your confidence, increases, uh, you know, it decreases that, that little self-doubt voice in the back of your head. Um, and, and I do think, uh, again, to stress that importance of microdosing, you know, if you're feeling really sad and you take an extremely large dose of mushrooms to try to make yourself feel happy, I really doubt that's going to work. All you're doing is overwhelming your brain with a chemical um, that, you know, wants to do the right thing, but it's just in the wrong setting. But if you give yourself these small little doses um, over long periods of time, it'll do the work for you. You don't even have to think about it. It will, it will do that work. And then when you stop taking them, you can stop taking them whenever you want, because it doesn't make you want to keep taking them. Yeah. You'll yeah. be like, you'll look around and, and the air will smell different and things will look brighter. And you'll realize your brain's a little quieter than normal, um, in a positive way. Um, and I would love to just see that kind of for everybody. That's awesome. Like, yeah. I don't have personal experience with microdosing because I'm like, I'm more new to learning about psilocybin and all this, but you know, it, it really sounds amazing. Like the benefits of it, you know, something I might be considering. Um, but yeah, this was an amazing conversation. <laughs> yeah, it was awesome. So, please like tell us where people can find you on social media and connect with you. <laughs> I'll be honest. And this is definitely me shooting myself in the foot, but um, <laughs> I have next to no social media presence. Um, while I would love to try to get out there and educate people. And I know how important, uh, you know, having social media is nowadays. Um, I also kind of have like a personal belief that uh, there's certain aspects of social media that can be kind of negative on the, oh, yeah. the you know what I mean? Um, so, you know, if you want to come into, into my this dispensary that I work at, Ethos Watertown, say hi to me. 
that's where I'll be at. Um, any questions you ever have, I will be more than happy to talk your ear off for as long as you have until you need to go to wherever you're going. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I don't have any social media for people to, to reach out to, unfortunately. It's okay. You're saving your, your brain. <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk today. Thank you for having me. Um, this was the course. first podcast I've ever done and it was a great experience. Yes. This is Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Hi, it's Justin Benton, host of the Miracle Plant Podcast, where we discuss this miracle plant that goes by so many names and how it's helping people in so many extraordinary ways. So if you love this plant and you want to hear a story that tugs on those heartstrings and learn more about this plant, then head on over to the Miracle Plant Podcast. You'll be glad you did. Awesome.